0: Hey, TABC family, welcome back to the podcast. We're glad to have you with us as we seek to go deeper into Sunday's teaching and ask the questions that will help us live out God's Word in our daily lives. That's why we do this podcast, to equip the followers of Jesus here at 12th to grow in obedience and affection for Him every day. Our hope is that at 12th, we would be a biblical community of kingdom people who are joining God in the restoration of all things, one person, one place at a time. And our desire is that our time together today equips you to do just that. Thanks for being with us. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody, Garen and Jordan coming to you. Garen started the semester-long series on Nehemiah yesterday, which was August 20th. So, Garen, I'm a little nervous, man. I mean, summer... Through the Psalms was a, was a few weeks, but now we're like signing up for a whole semester in a book. I like, know, this in the is of the Bible. I feel, like we're, it's not crazy. Getting, I feel like I'm getting married here. Like, this is forever. <laughs> it's all <laughs> death do us part with Nehemiah. <laughs> yes. So, you kicked it off with week one yesterday, and I was not here. I was on a training with my leaders, but I just watched it, and it was great. And even people I bumped into yesterday coming home were telling me they really enjoyed it. And so, I think we're onto something good here. Do you wanna just, as we get started talking about Nehemiah, the first of many discussions, just talk about why maybe you chose this and like mm-hmm. what was exciting to you and what's the vision behind it? Yeah,
1: that one, like I said yesterday, I have admired him since I was a new believer. I encountered his book pretty early and was sh- struck by his life. And But really, our, we really wanna be on mission of 12th of joining God in the restoration of all things because he's a restorer, that's what he's doing. And that's what Nehemiah is. He's a rebuilder. He's a restorer. And I'm like, what better guy to just model some things we could glean from his life that I can apply to my practical life? So I think it's the book for our times. I think it's, I'm really excited about it. I think we can get a lot out of this. And that's why Nehemiah, he's, to me, he's like a model of what I want to be. And I think what God calls all of us to be, which is joining him in the restoration of all things, one person, one place
0: at a time. I think Nehemiah and Garen have a lot in common because Nehemiah is kind of under the radar, underrated. And that's you, Garen. You're kind of flying to the radar, but you're doing big things here at 12. So you're kind of our Nehemiah. You talked about how he was one of these underrated, uh, unknown Old Testament heroes. Yeah. He's not one of the guys who, when you say, hey, give me some Old Testament heroes, he's not in that first yeah. five or six yeah. or maybe even 10.
1: Yeah, I mean, you hardly anybody say him as their favorite Old right. Testament character.
0: But when you read through these 19 chapters and you see not just what he did in his time, but what he sets us up to do in our time, it's like, whoa, this is really like long lasting stuff. This yeah. is really good.
1: Yeah, it's really good. So um, I'm pretty pumped about it.
0: Okay, so we're excited. You gave us a booklet. You've never really, you give us little things sometimes, but this was like a thick book. Everyone had to sign a waiver to start because of the, the, you know, some got recalled for safety concerns, but we got the staples in there. So be careful, flip at your own risk, but everybody signed their waiver. They're good. But why give us this Nehemiah booklet that's so thick with all this really good stuff in it, you know, opportunities to take notes as we read, some contextual history at the beginning. Why, for this series, would you include that when you haven't done that before? Yeah,
1: a couple of reasons. I mean, we're going through a whole book, and I I actually have a very dear friend who goes to church. When they go through a book of the Bible, they give them that NIV journal thing, and he says a lot of people use it, and it's a chance not just take notes, but a lot of people don't want to write in their Bible. I I like writing in my Bible and circling words and drawing lines. A lot of people don't like to, and so this gives people a chance that We're all reading out of the NIV, which everybody has different Bibles. A chance for them as we highlight words in the text, they could like circle things and they don't feel like they're messing up their Bible. Plus, it's got in the back that the application every week we're going to ask and really wanting people to get in this with somebody, you know, with somebody meet that week after and talk through who, what are my places, who are my people, the key ones, how am I seeking to be a restore and talking about how does this apply to, how can I apply this to my life? Praying for those people and helping each other, holding each other accountable to actually be doing stuff outside the four walls. See, that's Garen, what we're
0: called to. that's your problem.
1: That's the problem. I, I, I just want
0: <laughs> to be Christian in church, Garen. Yeah. You
1: just, <laughs> Why are you
0: trying to make me be Christian in my whole life? I know it. Why should I take Jesus outside these four walls and live it out as a lifestyle, right? Yeah. Why would I do that? You
1: Whoa. just want to show up, have him for an hour? Yeah, 15, just inside an hour and a half, these four
0: walls. And then in this room where the air conditioning breaks sometimes and I'm sweating. I think, I think that's a lie. I think this conspiracy. The air conditioner not break, you turned it off to make everybody sweat <laughs> and just feel uncomfortable yesterday as we jump into this. Yeah. So they'd really feel like, oh, So
1: they'd man. feel sent. They're like, they'd I got to get their out of sin. this yeah. space. I
0: need to, I need to yeah. live this out at home. I'm, I'm sweating. I must be feeling guilty. Yeah, that was good. That all worked out well. Yes. So the book is the bridge home. It's the bridge it, to it's, our space. Yes.
1: Yeah, really trying to get it to be a bridge yeah. to, to our space. It's so practical. And a bridge to some people to help me be accountable to that space.
0: I think many times when students come to me, they have this complaint. Maybe people come to you with this too. Not complaint, but just issue, spiritual issue. I've plateaued. I feel like nothing is new for me in my faith. I have learned a lot and it's just like blah. Well, when that happens, a lot of times we are doing the church thing in church, but we're not living it out in real yeah, ways. We're right. not on mission with God yes. in our spaces. And so it just feels like run of the mill. Yeah. I challenge anyone to listen to these messages, go through the booklet that you've provided, really spend the appropriate amount of time on it. I dare your faith not to be challenged and grow and to see God work in a new way through this because it's almost impossible for it not to yeah. when we're taking our faith with us and having eyes to be restored where we are. Like, that's yeah. exciting right. stuff. Yes. So, yeah. And nothing,
1: we've talked before, you and I have talked, nothing energizes me more than when I'm having impact on somebody's life. Right. In whatever way in those four areas. But when I'm having an impact, like, that is so energizing and just how many people, like, they just keep it in the four walls. And I understand. There's a lot of fear. Um. That's where, yeah, high but energy comes from. I think from. a lot of
0: that fear comes with evangelism. I'm not sure how to communicate the gospel or I don't want to present something to someone that's going to be offensive. That is not even what we're talking about here. Yeah, We're talking about loving our neighbor, yeah, restoring right. our city, being yeah. someone who brings shalom to yeah. the places around us. We're right. not even talking about sharing the gospel with anybody yet. It's just being a good neighbor or yeah. being someone who loves your friend well. Yeah. So the pressure is not there. Um, it's exciting. I'm ready for it. And uh, if if you're one of those people we mentioned, like you feel like your faith has kind of plateaued, you haven't seen God do a new thing lately, buckle up because I think He's about to.
1: Yeah, well, I hope so. And and I encourage if somebody's listening to this that hasn't gotten the booklet yet, or they're gonna Sunday's going to be their first time and they're just hearing this, that in that booklet there's space to think through where do you live, work, study, play, who are who are the people God has put you in the places. Really think through that and identify your. Three, four, five, six key people and places where you feel like you need to be a restorer. Yeah. Because I think that identification is really important. That I yeah. I have an intentionality. Like I know the spaces I most need to be at work. And
0: so Yeah. And if you didn't get your book on Sunday, they're available on the website for twenty nine <laughs> ninety nine per booklet. Yeah. Um,
1: Actual cost is five ninety nine, <laughs> but I live off the royalties. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, we have plenty on Sunday morning. If you need one, yeah,
1: we'll have some this Sunday. We'll we actually one ran one. out yesterday. I found out, and we made a lot.
0: Yeah, I saw you guys in the front we made office. Three hundred fifty. You were cranking them out. Yeah, we ran out. So, man, we got to get the Christian school kids over here. Make like a service project. <laughs> All those little hands putting pages together. Yeah. So free. Just come to church. AJ, we'll charge you because we got to ship it out there to California. Yeah,
1: anybody from California. But everybody
0: uh, else for yeah. free. so yeah. A little bit of context you gave us on Nehemiah lived during the third return of God's people to Jerusalem. He was a builder, a restorer. He, in this part of the Bible, is rebuilding the wall um, of Jerusalem. And you talked about his restoration and his place and how significant it was, but that we are actually called to an even greater restoration in our cultural moment. Yeah. Is that accurate to say?
1: Yeah. it's It's Jesus' kingdom mission, which is... Is, he's after everything. He's after everything. Those four areas. He wants he not only wants people to know him, he wants to bring restoration to people's souls and relationship. He wants them well physically. He wants them well relationally. He wants them functioning well with creation, you know, with uh, and those relational realms, just all those realms that he cares about, all of it. And he was rebuilding walls. We'll see that, Jake, that Nehemiah, he was a great man. He went after people's souls too. We'll see. But um, yeah, God's calling us to... His ultimate mission, and that whole Israel thing was great, but it was him creating a nation for the Messiah to come, to bless all nations, and that's what we're a part of. And so, yeah, it's we're called to a much bigger vision than even he had. So,
0: yeah, pretty neat. Jeremiah twenty nine seven. This is in that booklet that this whole chunk of scripture is. But I'm pulling this one out that um, we're commanded to seek the prosperity of our city, and this is back when. The Israelites were going off to Babylon, right? They were going. Yeah, to they're exile. already there.
1: They're in exile.
0: They're already there, and so the prophet is saying, "While you're here, build homes, multiply, seek the prosperity, the shalom of the city. Yeah. Don't just hide from the pagan culture. Yeah. Don't just wall yourself off to yep. it, but get to know your neighbors. Don't become
1: totally like it,
0: right? Don't which be, would have been the pressure, right? Don't become like it, right? Yeah. But be a blessing to your neighbors. Yeah. If there's a need, seek to fill it. Yeah, and um. We were just talking, this isn't even the most well-known verse from this chapter, which is a real shame. And we were thinking about why that is, because I think it's got to be 2911, right? That, um, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, plans for hope in a future, right? Yeah. And so we love, my theory, I think maybe our theory was that we love that verse because it's focused on us and our prosperity. Yeah. But twenty nine seven is an outwardly focused verse. Yeah where we are being challenged to think about those around us and bring prosperity even to people who aren't like us or have our values maybe. And so it's not as like warm and fuzzy and cuddly as 11, which is about us. It's it's really a missional verse. Yeah,
1: it's very much over the other focus. So there's nothing wrong with 2911. I love that scripture. You go to Hobby Lobby, you can find a lot of things to put on your wall with that. Mm -hmm. You don't, nothing against Hobby Lobby or any Christian bookstore, but you'd ever find 297. No. On a plaque or on something that people have <laughs> hung on the wall. And that's probably what part of what I agree. Uh, and we talked is it's so outward focused and it's about God's on a mission outside of me, outside of our four walls, outside of the four walls of my house, outside of my life. And can be a little fearful, but as we just said, it's there's nothing more incredible than being a part of what God's doing.
0: Wouldn't that be cool to walk into somebody's house and write on the wall where normally the typical Christian verse, you know, Twenty eleven be painted. It was actually twenty nine seven, and it was like seek the prosperity of your city. it would be like, "Whoa, that's a change of pace." Yeah, like these people, they care about their neighbors. Yeah, right. They're they're on a different track. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm gonna yeah. talk to Kate about that. She has to okay all uh, indoor decoration. Indoor decorations. Uh, I have about four yeah. percent say on that. <laughs> so if I can sway her, maybe we'll get that up. But that's pretty neat. Okay. Yeah, you talked about we're living in exiles in our culture. Not to fight against the culture, not to hide from it, not to assimilate to it, but to live in it, to pray for it, and to even add to it. Yeah. Right? So talk about just how we do that. What does that look like?
1: Yeah. Well, and that's kind of where I think the fourth, it's, to me, it's identifying where is there a lack of shalom around me in the places where I live, work, study, play. And then how can I be, stand in that gap? How can I be rebuilding, bringing shalom into that? So that's, to me, what it is. And that. To me, to be a restorer requires two things. I've got to be present in the culture, but I've also got to be distinct. So I keep my distinctiveness, but I'm present and I'm blessing it. And I think that's the secret sauce that if you can learn to live that, and I know we all struggle, especially in this day and age, because a lot of people don't like what's happening in culture, and so they want to withdraw or they want to attack it. And he's like, no, you've got to be present in it, but you still got to be distinct. You've got to be uniquely a Jesus follower and the people get a different flavor from you. And if we're that and we're blessing people, like, can you imagine yeah. the impact?
0: I'm hoping listeners are with us at this point, but maybe I can clear something up for us if we're listening at home and have this question. When you say that we need to, uh, how did you put it? Be a be, Live in it, be a part of it?
1: Yeah, so presence. I'm yeah, be present in, in it. That's how
0: you said it, be uh-huh. present in it. What does that look like for me to be present in the culture? Does that mean that I watch the movies everybody else does? I go to the same place, I do the same stuff? Like, what is my presence in my culture mean?
1: To me, it's that, like I was trying to say yesterday, I am in the places I'm at sovereignly by the sovereignty of God. So I'm in my neighborhood by His intent. So being present is I
0: get to know them and I'm willing to interact with them. Um, So I'm looking for opportunities to just make eye contact with my neighbor and wave uh and start a conversation. Uh, Maybe, yeah,
1: have a block party. I mean, not everybody has to do that. Some people do that. Or I'm willing, if they're like, I'm the person, if they're out of town, they call and say, could you just keep an eye? Yeah, okay. that kind of, yeah, that I'm that kind of person. So don't
0: wall yourself off because yeah. you're Christian and they're not. Yeah. That's not what we're called yep. to. Okay.
1: Yeah, when the new person comes to the neighborhood, it's like they're here for a reason and I'm here mm-hmm. for a reason. I'm going to be the one to go welcome them. It's at work. I'm going to do more than just show up and be there. I wanna, I'm going to kind of push into people's lives, not in a bad way, but I want to get to know them more. I want to know their yeah. story, who they are. I want to be there to be a presence for them in some way. Like if I'm playing pickleball, racquetball, whatever, I'm not just doing that. I'm there for a purpose. Yeah. But deeper than just that, the God that that right so to me that's what it is. Is that presence is there's an intentionality to in my life that I'm in the places I am for a purpose. That He, he brought people in my life for a purpose. Hmm. And so,
0: I like how you said that we yeah, I forget how you put it. We were made for this this cultural moment, right? This place and this time. It made me think a little bit about Acts seventeen twenty six. I remember that verse. It talks about how God has laid out the boundaries of the nations. He's determined their borders. He's determined when they will rise and fall. And it just made me wonder, and I genuinely don't know, like I'm curious what you have to say about this, Karen. Do you think that's also true for people? I mean, do you think that God has also done that with me and you and everyone else in history that we're placed in our spot and in our time for a purpose and a reason? Or is it all random? Yeah. I mean, no. Cause it doesn't say that in the verse, but I wonder if it extends to yeah, people. As I do well. think it
1: extends. Cause it, yeah, he says, he determined the exact places and the times. And I do, I think he does put me in the place he does in the time. And we're in a very unique cultural period. We, we would not agree. I'll, we would all agree with that. We do have this sense of being exiles. And I can fret about it and worry about it and fight about it and get angry about it. But that's not why I'm put in this time. I'm mm-hmm. put in this time to be present in it, but to be distinct and to make an impact. Mm. By being seeking the peace and prosperity of those around me. And so I do think we're put in our times, and we all struggle with that. And it's like, this is hard. This is a hard time to live out my faith, but I'm to wrestle with that. David said something in, in Acts that says he, he fulfilled his purpose in his generation. Mm. I think it's the same thing. Wow. That, okay. that I am put here in the generation I am. You know, if I would pastored 30 years ago, pastoring was you just preach sermons and visit people in the hospital <laughs> and people just show up at church. You know, 80% of the culture just comes to church. That was a totally different era. Yeah. It, now it's like, you know, you're dealing with a culture that's like rejected Christianity. Over half of the younger generation have never been to a church once. Mm-hmm. It's a really unique time. But God put us here. Right. So let's live into it. Not fight it. Not Separate from it. Those are the human, I think, urges. That's why I love that text, the Jeremiah 29.
0: Yeah. So we have to see ourselves as restorers, Yep, which necessitates the fact that we not just attend church and then be a separate person out in our spaces, but that we take the goodness of Jesus out with us and live as restorers wherever we are. You talked about the four major places where we can be restorers um, would be where we live, where we work, where we study, and where we play. And so you even in our booklets had us um, think through, okay, now write down, what are these spots? Like mm-hmm. the the places that I frequently am, my neighborhood yeah. or other spots. Yep. And then you just had us go through and I just liked how practical it was because it forced me to write down names and write down yes. places and things and almost formulate a plan. Like, okay, next time I'm here, I know what my mission is. Yep, Was that the goal of it? Yeah, that was the
1: goal that even, yeah. So I show up at work and especially like, I wrote down my work, and if there were two individuals, I really am feeling like there's a way I could... It it just gives me this intentionality that I'm showing up, that this is not just work. This is kingdom place. This is my mission field. Yeah, very much to get us to be intentional about that, and to think of places and names, and really honing it down to the key ones. Because, you know, we all have 20, 30, 50 people in our sphere of influence, but who are the key ones that I feel like God has put me around? Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I thought that... And I wish I even had more time to do that yesterday. But that's why I really encourage people to walk through that. I actually had a couple people who came to me after and said it was very convicting because they said outside of my job and being at home with my family, I have nobody and no place. Mm-hmm. And they're like, uh, I need to get a life. Mm-hmm. I don't have a life outside of that. And mm-hmm. they realized how, um, I don't know what the word is, how kind of isolated they'd become yeah. from really having influence on people. Right. So- yeah, and um, it wasn't to guilt trip anybody. It's just for us to think, what are our spaces? And to think, do I need to get into a couple spaces? Mm-hmm. So,
0: Man, that's convicting for me because I feel like by nature of my job and my friend groups, most of my time and relationships are connected to twelve. Yes. And Kate and I have talked about this before. Just like, what are ways that we can break into the communities that are not centered around 12th? Because we want to be people that are you know, lights other places. There's plenty of light around here. We need to go yeah. to some darker places. And so how do we strategize that? So we so. should
1: probably be really honest. I think the people that struggle the most in getting a life outside of this, these four walls are probably the people in ministry. It is hard. Your life can get consumed with just walking with the sheep and the people we know here and we have the same values and we're trying to help them grow. And so... Yeah, what I was just saying applies to us maybe more than anybody, Mm -hmm. that we really need to be intentional about that.
0: Well, I saw you down at Mole Ready's the other night, so were you just trying to (laughs) be a light? Yeah, just working on
1: trying to create a new space.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That was a joke for anyone listening. I do not want to get Karen to um, fill me. emails. But you want those
1: spaces. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and to be intentional. And I had it happen last week, actually. I walked into a space that I've been intentionally kind of cultivating in some relationships. I probably even shouldn't tell the story.
0: Oh, you're already halfway but in, I, uh, Garen.
1: Um, I walked in. The place was really packed. I, something was going on in town. I don't know what it is. And I walked in and like four of the employees go, Garen! <laughs> <laughs> and, but it's because I've been intentionally trying to build relationships with people for yeah. a reason. It's yeah. not just I'm there, you know, I'm just paying, paying their paycheck kind of, you know, because I'm there all the time. Right. But we want to have those kind of, we want to be that.
0: You've told me, you should share this story because I don't think you'd brag on this, but I, I think you should share it. I know that Starbucks is a place you frequent and I know that that's something you've done there. And you had a really cool interaction with a young lady in the drive through a little while back uh-huh. about something like that, right? Yeah. Oh, it was with your marriage. You mentioned, oh, like my yes. anniversary. Uh-huh. Talk just like briefly about that and how kind of looking to intentionally be a restorer there uh-huh. kind of led yeah. you to a cool She Yeah, she
1: just... Uh, um, because it was the week of the the DK, which to me is still the DK. And, and if I share this at church, it's forgive me, but at the DK, and I just said, wow, you guys are about to get busy. And she said, yeah, i already getting busy. And she goes, are you going to be here this weekend to watch it? I said, I'm almost always gone this weekend. And she goes, oh, what are you doing? I said, well, it's our anniversary. And, oh, she's like, that's great. How long? And I told her it was our 37th. And she's like, everybody I know, my family, my siblings, like none of us can keep a marriage. Like, what's up? She goes, I don't want to, I'm afraid of marriage, but I want to, if I do it, I want to do it right. Like, what's the, what's the key? And I just, I had that moment, you know, and you have that moment, You're and there's even people kind of standing around, kind of who hear it, and you're like, well, if I say Jesus, that's whacked. I mean, it's not whacked, but you have that fear that people Mm -hmm. are going to be like, oh yeah, Mm -hmm. okay. We're not going to say Garen anymore when you walk in, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. But I, and I just said, no, this is a great, that's a little door. And to me, that's what I'm, as a restorer, I'm looking for that little opening. So I just said, and it's true. The, the truth is, is Jesus is at the center of our life, and I can't imagine doing it without him. And yeah, it just initiated a little conversation and a chance to drop that and to take her some material on marriage and, and Jesus having to be at the core of it.
0: Yeah. And, yeah. And, and all that's possible because you've spent intentional time cultivating relationships there and yeah. caring about people and asking questions, yes. just being present, right? Ministry yeah. of presence there.
1: Learning their name and saying hi to them by name all the time. Yeah. And,
0: So anyways, a little cool, cool snippet there. You said that sometimes people need to be restored emotionally, physically, or otherwise before they will let us help with their spiritual restoration, before they have any kind of interest in that. Yeah. So um, when someone is in our neighborhood or we see somebody and they have a real physical, emotional need we can't just jump to the gospel because they have real yeah, they have. human needs that need met before that. Yeah. It's almost like that hierarchy of needs, right? Yeah. Like if they're not fed or clothed or well, otherwise before, like we can't get to the, to the most important stuff until that's taken care yeah. of. And so we need to be watching out for that stuff and caring about our neighbors and our coworkers and our friends' gen, general well well-being, yeah. beyond just are yeah. they saved or In not. In their place of
1: need. And I mean, you, this book, it's, it was on your desk. It's probably under the pad that we've read once I was lost, talks about the first, first threshold people have to cross to be open to Jesus, is trust. And if all I'm doing, I get a new neighbor and I'm knocking on the door and I'm like, hey, can I tell you about Jesus? I'd like you to accept him as your Lord and Savior right now. <laughs> the blinds like, are gonna close yeah, next the blind, <laughs> Yeah, that's the last time you're seeing them, right? right yeah. And they may- It's strategic. Take your house at it, night,
0: you know. It's just strategic. You yeah. know, the way that we share the gospel when we do and, and why we do, it's strategic. And we're supposed to be shrewd about that stuff, yeah. right? So even Jesus was strategic about that stuff. Oh, sure. Of when he shared. Yeah. You know? So I think we we see that in his life too. Another cool one that's just really brief, you know, we play ball here on Tuesday nights mm-hmm. with a bunch of community guys. Not a lot of them go to church. And it's just a good place to come play ball. And we form relationships with them and get to know them and get to know us and they know we're here at church. And we've seen several of those guys show up just on show Sunday up. morning. Yeah. And just like, hey, you know, we played ball here. You guys seemed great. So we gave it a shot. I know of at least one who has made multiple trips back to church. So like that exists. And that's a really cool way to just be restorers where we are, create a cool place place to to play ball or do whatever and just see what God can do with that. Now that doesn't mean that we're ashamed to say the name of Jesus or to share the gospel. It's not like I'm trying to keep it under wraps, but oftentimes that's not the the first chess piece I move. It's not. Right.
1: And so what I'm, what I'm doing is I'm in prayer for those places and spaces and like Lord, if there's somebody you're at work and I don't know about it, would you open the door? Have them say something. So that's what happened at Starbucks that day. She says something, and I'm like, okay, that's God. God's at work in some way. That's my that's my place I can say something. And I don't have to give the gospel at that point. I can just tell her Jesus at the center and pray and trust that that'll open up another conversation later that she'll she'll want to pursue that or yeah, yeah, that kind of thing.
0: So that was one of my questions that I wanted to ask you at some point was the tension, Garen, between being a presence in your neighborhood, in your workplace, in your culture, and actually being distinct and that you will share the name of Jesus or share the gospel. What's the tension there? And And I think the answer I'm hearing and add anything else to this that you want is just that we are, praying for the Holy Spirit to open doors, Mm -hmm. to give us wisdom Mm and to when is the right time to Mm -hmm. share that with sweetness, Mm -hmm. right? So that's attractive to them. Now the gospel's offensive on its own. It's not like we're gonna dress it up and make it extra fluffy or whatever, but there's a right and a wrong time to share that. A time where it's gonna be received and probably not received. And so just praying for wisdom in that and doors to be opened. Um, the right person to come to the drive through window at Starbucks right. and ask the right question. Yep, to be
1: there that day. And...
0: and then being obedient when we sense it's open. Mm-hmm. Yes. right? To pray for to the open step door. step into that. And then Take you courage. sense it and then say, oh, I'm yep. step back. No, you got to be obedient yeah. and yeah. step in at that moment. Yep.
1: That's from you. And that's a Kairos moment. I need to step into that. And yeah. you actually, without, maybe you didn't know it, you were actually using the words of Paul in Colossians 3, Colossians 4, and Ephesians 6, where he says, pray for me. Pray that I would have open doors mm. that I would have the courage to step in and I'd have the words I would do it with seasoning and mm. salt and grace and mm-hmm. like that's just what you said so that's what I'm doing is I'm praying Lord I'm being restored in these places I'm, I'm meeting people at a point of need and you know where they are and if if it's time for the spiritual conversation um, I'm not afraid they know who I am I'm not going to hide that they know you're important If I'm praying for those open doors and when they open them, I'm going to step into them as far as they'll open it. Sometimes they'll just give you a crack and they'll leave it at a crack. Yeah. And I'll leave it at that. Yeah. And then if that comes open a little further, that means the Spirit's at work and that's his invitation. Step into that a little more. So if
0: I'm hearing you right, when, like we literally just had a new family move into our neighborhood and we got to meet them last week. It was great. So you're saying my first question to them probably shouldn't be, hey, do you guys know Jesus? (laughs) It should probably be something along the lines of, hey, can we do anything for yeah. you?
1: Is there anything? Or can we
0: bring you dinner? Yep. Or can we mow your lawn? Yep. Or can we, you know, X, yeah. Y, Z to serve you in some yep. way? Okay. Yep. And I, that's not being a coward if the first thing I say isn't about the gospel. That's no, not being ashamed not of the gospel. We're yeah. just being restores where we're at, looking for the right time, like Paul says in Colossians, for the open door so yeah. that we can take the opportunity.
1: And Jordan, I would say when I said yesterday, like, you, you can't if you just go the spiritual all the time and you're not doing these others, those others will lay the foundation for the spiritual. And I afterwards I thought about that and I thought that almost made it sound like meeting people's social and physical and uh, emotional. emotional needs yeah. is purely a means to an end. Mm-hmm. I only do that because my agenda is really the, the gospel. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, is that God cares about all of it. He cares about all of creation. And if I meet a physical need and I do that solely for its own sake, because that is good and I'm a and I'm a shalom bringer. And if that person never wants to hear the gospel, even says to me, I know you're a Christian, I never want to hear anything, that I still have brought a smile to God's face because I'm doing part of what he wants me to do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just want to be careful. We don't see those things only as an ends to a means because once a person becomes an agenda to me, people feel that.
0: Or a project, yeah. Yeah, a
1: project, they know it. Right. People can sense that. Yeah. And that's not what, they're human beings, they're people. And I'm just to bless them in whatever way God makes available to me. Right. And that's so if
0: I'm mowing my neighbor's lawn and he comes out and he brings me a drink of water and says, "Here it is." Hey, by the way, I never want to hear the gospel. I shouldn't just stop mowing. Yeah, and go home. you don't just. I stop should mowing continue the lawn to bless them then, anyway. Yeah, you don't. Because say, one, I'm
1: never mowing again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> one, like you said, it brings that smile to God's face. Yeah. But two, I mean, who knows what God's going to do? And your faithfulness in that relationship could lead to yeah. an open door. For it the could gospel. set
1: them up for for in the future they move to another town or something. Yeah. And even if we tell our volunteers or internationals, even if they never, ever wanna hear the gospel ever again in their life, we're still called by God to be restorers and to, mm. to be a blessing, to seek the peace and prosperity of their life. Yeah. And so that is an end in and of itself. And, but I want people to know him. So I, I'm never leaving that behind, but people aren't projects. I'm just, I'm there to love them because that's yeah. what God wants. So.
0: You use the phrase standing in the gap yesterday as this idea of like, there is brokenness around us. And so sometimes we've got a friend who's hurting or there's a situation that needs restoration. And we are the bridge between the Shalom and that brokenness. And yeah. so we stand yep. in that gap yep. until Jesus fully completes that either in this life or in the next. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, I love that, that language of standing in the gap. I can think of several people and they wouldn't want me to say their name. So I won't, but just who are doing that right now. And I know you do too, Yes, who are standing in the yes. gap right now. Um, sometimes with believers, sometimes with non-believers. Um, sometimes it's directly linked to the gospel. Sometimes it's not, but either way, they're just being obedient to what Jesus has called them yeah. to. So that's what we want to be at 12th, right? Yes, we want to stand in the
1: gap. And, yeah. and the thing I try to emphasize is that your, God has gaps for you that I'm not even in those places. Yes, right. And he has gaps for me. And so if we all stand in our gaps, can you imagine what God can do? Yeah. And it's not about like the people in ministry. We got to be the gap standers, you mm-hmm. know, because sometimes people can think that, that mm-hmm. that's our job. But the truth is he put us in the, in our places with people who inhabit those places because I'm the restorer for that place.
0: Because you and I can't show up to the ESU weight room and stand in the gap for anybody. No. Right? Yeah. I can't. Right. I can't. First of all, I've got a, I've got a streak of 13 <laughs> years of not lifting weights going and I can't break that. <laughs> but also there's just relationships yeah. that you and I can't enter into, right? Yeah.
1: And we know somebody like who's on the staff would like the ESU football team. And he can stand in a gap that I can't.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: we know somebody else who goes to our church who's chaplain over there, and he can get in gaps that I can't. I can't show up in that weight room and say, hey, guys, I'm here to bring the, seek the peace and prosperity of you. Say, and, who
0: the heck are yeah, you? Yeah, there'd
1: be yeah. so God, we all have places where we can stand in the gap. So my challenge is let's do it. Let's all yeah. commit to each other to do it.
0: Last thing I want to say, because we're almost out of time, how in the world— have you not shared your family crest by now, Garen, because that is the coolest thing ever. the Forsyth clan, their motto is to be restorers of ruins. Yes, that's insane, Garen. How yeah. have you not brought that to our attention sooner because that is the coolest thing I've ever heard? I've been
1: holding this card for the right time, and this to me, this setup up for Nehemiah because I love Nehemiah that he's a restorer. We're called to be restorers. I thought this is the time I need to it is to lay that thing down wow. so
0: so that's the that's the tattoo you got on your Well, on yeah,' your pack,
1: we're thinking maybe we should get all the church people to get a, the Forsyth. Mo- I mean, crest I, would, I would get my family
0: crest on my arm, but it's probably like herders of sheep or something. It's probably <laughs> something lame. Like yours is awesome and mine is- yeah. Conquerors yeah, of worlds scoopers or, of know, the, something. Scoopers of the poop or something. Like <laughs> that'd be so, and, but it's in Latin. So nobody knows it. It sounds cool.
1: Yeah. And I'll give one little extra thing that I, that that, that name Forsyth actually, when they go back to where it first started, it actually means a man of peace. Mm. which is really cool because a piece of Shalom, it's like, mm. isn't that really cool? Like that, a man of Shalom and we're all about restoring the If room, only we so. were all
0: living as blessed <laughs> as you with our heritage. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Okay. Uh, so I think your takeaway for us on this would be that restoration is valuable for restoration's sake, right? Yes. It's not a means to an nope. end. Um, we can love people by seeking the prosperity of our city. And in that way, bringing shalom and, and goodness to it and opening the door for the gospel to be shared, yeah. right? And that I don't have to first share the gospel, you know, and maybe potentially break off relationships that would have otherwise prospered. Um, but I can just love people and meet needs. And even if they never want to hear me talk about Jesus again, I can still bless them. Yeah, And still who knows bless what them. And you get the smile of
1: God because he's like, you are living as a shalom bringer. Yeah. And that's what I'm about,
0: yeah. so. Cool. Okay. Well, um, wrap up one of 46. Okay. Not 46, <laughs> but a, a number of them that we'll have between here and the end of the semester. We're excited for Nehemiah. We're off to a great start. Encourage you to be in your books this week. Keep up. Is there like a weekly reading?
1: Or? No, it's just going to be more this week. If they could, and again, if they don't have it, but if they could be thinking about what are the places I inhabit? Who are the people in yes. those? Okay. If I narrow down to a few key, and where's their brokenness in their worlds? In what form can I? bring shalom, if people could be thinking that through. Okay. And then, yeah, each week it's gonna be like, take notes, think about it, how do we apply it? Get, get in a small group, do something with somebody. Like, I wanna be accountable. Like, how can I be putting this into my world? So. Okay,
0: let's get really practical with this sermon series. Let's make it something we're working through and thinking through outside of church. I mean, hopefully with every message, but this especially yeah. is meant to be taken outside yep. these four walls. So let's do that well this week. All right, 12th, thanks for being with us. We'll see you next week.